Welcome to Living on Purpose. I'm Mark Pumphrey here with my co-host, Dr. Christy Stewart, coming to you from the Circle City, Indianapolis, Indiana. We're here today with Dr. Michelle O'Mara, talking about a concept that directly links our lives to living on purpose. Today, we will explore the ability to change our lives through the idea that by focusing on positive or negative thoughts, a person can bring positive or negative experiences into their lives. This concept is referred to as the Law of Attraction. Dr. O'Mara teaches this class of Law of Attraction. Thank you for being with us here today. Thanks for having me, Mark and Christy. Well, first, can you give us an idea, describe the Law of Attraction to us? Sure. It's basically the concept that we are all vibrational beings, so we're made of energy, and we vibrate at different frequencies, more commonly known as positive or negative. So we refer to people as being really positive or we refer to people being negative. Well, when you put that in energetic terms, it's a way of showing up in the world that is either positive or negative. And when you go out into the world, you are likely to attract people who share that same vibration. So the law of attraction basically says like attracts like. So like a magnet. Exactly. Okay. And then now you, you describe this, how does it benefit people? Well, the law of attraction is actually something that works whether you practice it or not. So the way that it benefits people is if you naturally think about good things happening and you are naturally oriented to think about the things you want, you are likely to attract really positive experiences in your life. And if you discipline yourself and actually practice the law of attraction and create some strategies to direct your mind toward the things you wish to attract, then you can multiply the benefit of the law of attraction by learning how to work with it instead of against it. So it benefits people by giving you a pathway to reach your goals and dreams. And, oh, go ahead. So, so what kind of things can you practice if it's inevitable that you have to be around that person of energy that's negative? If you don't, it, it, whether it be somebody that you work with, um, for example, how what things can you do to not let them hook you? This is a great question. It's one that comes up in my classes repeatedly. And often it's found in situations like workplaces where you have to work alongside somebody that has a negative attitude. Or maybe you work for a boss that's super critical and constantly focused on what's not getting done. And the, the desire is to find a way, uh, most people ask for a way to change their behavior. And the problem with that is that you don't have control over anybody else's behavior you only have an ability to create for yourself. So in a situation like that, your greatest strategy is to really notice what you are doing to participate and focus on the thing that is bringing you what you don't want. So if you go to work with the expectation that your boss is going to be critical, your coworker is going to be negative, and you're going to have a horrible day, you have effectively created a pretty negative emotional vibration 
that you're coming to work with. And right. so you can be sure that you will notice every negative thing your coworker says, every critical comment your boss says. So the thing that you want to do is practice getting your personal vibration as high as possible and staying focused on your experience so that you bring to work with you a positive vibration and find ways to attract whatever morsels of positivity there are in your workplace to build on. And sometimes you become the influencer, not because you're doing anything to change your coworkers' behavior, but because you have infused the workplace with a different energy that is desirable. And people may start to notice, and there may be waves of greater positive energy that start to trickle in. I think that's a good point because, I mean, how many times do people go to work and go, man, the air in here is thick or, mm -hmm. ooh, it's just, it's a really bad day mm -hmm. and it, it, you could just feel it around everybody. It's really easy to get stuck there. Yes. I mean, it's, it's, oh, yeah, I think you it's can, easier you can to put get camp stuck. Up yeah, on that. exactly, exactly. <laughs> I can build a house here. <laughs> right, and I think there's a process that I like to teach people that I call three-stepping and it builds on the concept of pivoting that the Hicks talk about in their books. And the idea is that whenever you feel uncomfortable or experience any kind of pain, whether it's fear or anger or hurt or any negative emotion, you are miscreating. You are using your mind to focus on that which you don't want. And so the three-step process that I like to teach is name that negative feeling. What is the thing that you are experiencing that you don't want to be experiencing. So let's say your partner says that he or she will be home for dinner at six o'clock and you have gone to great lengths to create a wonderful meal and it's 6.15, it's 6.30, there's no word from your partner, you're feeling really disrespected and you're feeling some anxiety or worry about their well-being and so you've got all this negative energy well the law of attraction would say that you can't control that stuff but you can control the experience you're having and so the first step is to name that i feel disrespected i feel worried and so the second step is to flip that over or pivot what's on the other side of that behind every experience that is painful is a desire so the opposite of what we don't want is always going to be the thing that we do want so I want to feel respected and I want to feel at peace and so you've identified what feels uncomfortable then you identify the thing that you desire and then the third step is to give your brain a question that will move you in the direction of what you want so you ask yourself how can I feel at peace and how can I feel respected? And then your brain has the opportunity to problem solve, which our brain likes to do. We're constantly trying to answer questions. So you wanna be careful what questions you're feeding your brain. You're looking for positive responses to a negative feeling. So how can I feel respected? How can I feel at peace? You may come up with the idea to call your partner and check on him or her or you may decide to put the meal in the warmer and 
go meditate or listen to music or do something to change your vibration or you may uh, do some self-talk and draw on past experiences and realize that there are occasions that your partner has to stay late for work and so the goal is to come up with things that you have within your power to feel better. So whenever you are not feeling comfortable about something, it's a trigger, an indication, a flag of sorts to say, hey, you're miscreating. You're not designed to feel this pain. This pain is a signal. It's designed to come, drop a message, and go. Pick up the message, give your brain a question that will move you in the direction that you want to feel, and then you start acting on the positive responses that your brain comes up with to feel better. I think that's very important. But you kind of have to be in tune with what you're feeling and what you're thinking and what you what your expectation is, right? I mean, that's exactly and that's right. I think that's the hard part, at least. For people that I know, I mean, I know a lot of people that... You are absolutely that, right. So many people do not know what they're feeling. Mm -hmm. if, mm -hmm. if you ask somebody, how do you feel, their conditioned response is good or not so good. It's, it's not happy, sad, mad, afraid, glad. Feeling language is not something that we learn or are taught. Those are not words that naturally come with parenting you know that parenting guide that doesn't exist so <laughs> we we don't learn those languages and getting in touch with your feelings I, the uh, um, law of attraction that i study uh, uses the power of our emotions as literally our roadmap to living the life we desire because everything we need to know is provided through emotional signals so uh, the Hicks called an emotional guidance system and I love that language because that's exactly what it is when we feel anger it's a sign that we've been violated when we feel sad it's a sign that we've experienced a loss when we feel worry it's a sign that we are focused on something in the future um, so there are a lot of things we can learn about our emotions to help exercise the law of attraction more effectively well, then, I think we've discussed the decision-making process. We haven't. We're going to. Um, you know, the eight steps of the decision-making process. Um, you know, I spent 13 years as the education director inside of a women's prison, and I taught the decision-making process as part of a management class. And it was amazing to me, even if these people could identify the emotion, they didn't have the skill set to make the decision. They didn't have the evaluation process, the weighing of the options, and the and the and the find, coming up with alternatives. So I think that that I think that there's so many people out there that even if they can identify their emotion, which again we're not taught to do that, mm -hmm. and some of us are far more emotional than others, um, then you can then then you run into the whole difficulty of. Um, then making a decision and reprogramming it and, and saying, okay, well, I'm going to think of it differently. So I guess that's really where practice comes in and identifying what you need to do when you need to do it and practice it in the little things um, so that the big things are, are easier, I would guess. Well, and I, and I like your analogy as far as like reprogramming your mind saying, well, you know, why is this happening or why? I mean, you must see a lot of 
non-arguments going on in relationships that way because you know you're coming home i can imagine in my mind i'm sitting here well you couldn't call you couldn't do this you couldn't mm-hmm. and that just erupts into some argument that you're having with your partner yeah but especially now if you've, you've been taken, around if your energy is necessarily not the greatest and or you had a really bad day, oh sure i mean you think about it you're coming in late you already know that this is might be an argument because you didn't call you didn't do any of this stuff true. but coming back and going well, why am I feeling this way? Or identifying the feelings and then mm-hmm. trying to pivot. And then when that your partner comes in, it's like, I'm sorry I had a rough day. And like, oh, you know, it's, it's cool. Because you, you've already worked through everything. Right. That would be ideal right. yeah. if that's what you've well, done. Yeah. <laughs> He's the perfect but husband, right. so that happens. That happens all, all the time. time. That, <laughs> that's a great point, though, because we do feed off of each other. And so mm-hmm. if the, you know person at home is sitting there stewing about all the things that person could have done to be more respectful. Mm -hmm. They are going to be so worked up and negative by the time their stressed out spouse who's running late, maybe their phone is dead and all sorts of things, have a flat tire, who knows what kind of stressors, you know, the the partner had. Um, But energetically, if both people focused on this is the thing that I can do to feel responsible. This is the thing I can do to feel respected. This is the thing I can do to feel like I am a good partner. Then your brain is going to be working for solutions, not evidence Mm -hmm. that you've been wronged. And that is really at the heart of so much pain. We are so quick to create stories to justify a negative feeling rather than take the negative feeling, flip it over, and learn where we need to be putting our focus to feel better. The goal is to get away from the negative feeling because the negative feeling is, it's like the red, well, I don't know, what are those uh, little strips on the side of the road? If you go off the, the rumble strip. Oh yeah, the, the rumble, rumble strip. strip. Is that the official mm-hmm. name? Okay. You know how they make that annoying noise? Mm-hmm. That's kind of what a feeling is. It's an annoying distraction that's uncomfortable that says, better get back in your lane because you're miscreating over here you're not meant to be over here and you're thinking about something that is not in alignment with who you are who you want to be or you're in a business of somebody else's that's not yours so get back in your lane and I use that language of the lane a lot because I think it's just really clear we all have a lane if we dealt in traffic the way we do in our social relationships, it would be chaotic. There would be a lot of accidents, <laughs> right? Well, yeah, yeah. Well, we know. We, I mean, we, we could, uh, well, you could too name people that live on the Rumble Strip. Oh, yes, right. right. They, I don't. I don't think if they got in the lane, I think they would think that that's a problem mm-hmm. because they don't know not the Rumble Strip. You know, it's, they it's only, uncomfortable it's un- to have the peace and the calm. Sure, and right. I think that that creates you know a distraction. You know, as long as you've got a distraction of something else going on, we don't have to deal with what's in front of us. Mm-hmm. And if that feels good for them, I say stay on the rumble strip. Oh, see, I would say it. I, I don't think it could feel good for them. I think it just feels comfortable. And it doesn't matter because it's their life, their point. experience. I set myself up for that one. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, I mean, that's what causes us pain is believing that we know anything better for somebody else. And can I tell you what a relief it is, even as a therapist, to know that it's just not my business what works for somebody else. Yeah. What I want to do is support people in 
finding their truth, finding their path, finding their lane, and supporting them and getting where they want to go. Well, have you ever come across somebody that is, they're a negative person, they, but they think they're a positive person, and they come to you and they want to take your classes, how do you transform somebody that is a negative person that thinks they're a positive person, I guess, into a positive person? Does that make sense? It does. And because I practice the law of attraction, it is not my goal to transform somebody who views themselves as a positive person into a, a, a more positive person because the experience I have of them is negative. Um, the idea that they're happy with what they're creating would suggest that they're doing what they need to do. If they learn the principles of the law of attraction and they're able to access a part of the way that they are that isn't working for them, then I will support them in understanding that and help them tease out what their pain or resistance is so that they can move toward the thing that they desire. Presumably they recognize something they're doing could be improved or they wouldn't take the class. And I have okay. faith in that. That's you know, point. to begin That's with. But I, I think the spirit of some of these questions is about wanting to change people. And can I tell you that if I came to work with that spirit, I would be burned out so quickly. Even though you would think, as a therapist or a life coach, people are coming to me to change. That's not actually always true. There's a lot of resistance to change. Mm -hmm. And so I like to just let people find their way, give them tools, and support them in their journey. That's a good point because, I, you know, just as you were saying that, I was sitting there thinking, well, you know, this person's a negative person. And, you know, they should, they, they should want to change. They should... Well, that's not really some, my you, yeah but when you love someone or you're close to someone and you see that they're you know pedaling that bike down the hill as fast as they can and you see the concrete wall and they got the blinders on and you know and you just want to shake you just them wanna, you just want to <laughs> knock them off the bike right you know because you want to you know you you, that, you don't want them to get hurt and so it really that that, yeah. that fine line there of yes it's not your business and you know you can't change anybody else but is that but the reaction you I'm be having supportive? because I'm thinking they're negative? I mean, right. does that make sense? That I'm the yeah. one going, well, right. you're negative. And right. Well, that's pretty negative. negative. <laughs> yeah, they're not, they don't think they're negative, but I think you're negative. But I think so. it's a matter of perception, too, on that. You know, um, we've talked about this, too, of, you know, Mark is, is, is real clear sometimes to tell me that, you know, I'm being a little crazy. And uh, <laughs> you need to, you know, you need, you need to rethink that. And uh, how's that, you know, is that really, is that really is that the, working out for you? Is that really the best person for you to be talking to? Is that really? <laughs> you know, and so, but that's, I trust him. And so I listen to him and he feels safe that he can say that. And, you know, some things I, I, I don't like. Um, so what and, I would say to that is you have done a very good job of attracting a friend that you can trust. And you desire that in your life. And you want someone whose feedback is trustworthy, meaningful, and provides you with the guidance that you believe you need. Absolutely. And so that, the law of attraction would say, good job. You did a good job there. It wouldn't say, oh, you shouldn't listen to them. 
But if he said, I'm going to be your friend and I'm going to force you to be the way that you want to be, like, I think you created the openness to his feedback because you wanted that. You (laughs) I've helped you become a better guy. That's right. Yeah, no, that's true. And I, and, um, you know, and I think, you know, again, it's our relationship. We're here doing our show together. So we've learned a lot of that through adversity. You know, I think that, you know, we've, we've done a lot of crazy, we've ridden across the state of Indiana, east to west, south to north. And, um, we've had your bike fast downhill toward a wall. Yes. Sometimes. Sometimes. Yes. Uh, we have a waterfall repel. There's a picture on the website. If anybody's interested that he thought I was going to kill him and And it was a bad day for all of us. And it was probably the worst day of his life. And, um, you know, we got through it and it wasn't one of my better ideas and I'll never do it again. So, (laughs) but yes, but we've, you know, we've learned a lot about, uh, about that through, through the adversity of saying, okay, yeah, you know, I can, I can, I can trust you. And, and we have several people in our life like that, Mm -hmm. that, um, you know, and some people more so than others in different areas, you know, I'm good with you over here, but not necessarily so much over here, but one, and and speaking of that, is there any disadvantages to the law of attraction? I think the disadvantage is that the law of attraction works as powerfully in the direction of what you want as it does in the direction of what you don't want. So you get what you think about. If you are somebody who thinks all day long about what you don't want to happen, the law of attraction hears the thing that you're focused on, not that you don't want it to happen. And so if you are, for example, focused on, I don't want to lose my job, the law of attraction registers lose my job because that's the subject, that's what you're focused on. And so if you put a lot of energy into the the things that you don't want, you are as capable of manifesting those things as you are if you put that same amount of energy in the things that you do want. So if you have the choice to focus on, I don't want to lose my job, or I want to succeed in my job, you're definitely going to want to flip your thoughts toward, I want to succeed in my job. Okay. So disciplining your mind to focus on the thing you want instead of the thing you don't want is really important because the disadvantage of the law of attraction is you, it works both directions. And so you want it to work in the positive direction. And see, I think that people do get that. Like you hear, you've probably heard this, you know, well, they're never going to promote me. They're never going to promote me. Mm -hmm. I have done everything I can and they never going to promote me. Well, you're just they're never going to, exactly. yeah, yeah. In, in my mind, I'm thinking, well, then they're never going to promote you. You're mm-hmm. absolutely right, mm-hmm. you know. And we all find ourselves saying something to that effect. And if you think about on practical terms, even if you don't buy into the energetic concepts and all of those things, like logic tells you that somebody who approaches their their work life with such a negative attitude is going to bring with them a negative sort of decision-making process, interaction with others. And, you know, if an employer has a choice between somebody who's smiling and somebody who's frowning, they're likely to lean toward the person who's smiling. We like things that feel good. We live in a pleasure-seeking culture. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> well, you think about it. You, it 
when you, whether it's your boss, your partner, everything's better with a smile. When you wake up, you're like, you know, they're smiling. Hey, how you doing? I, I think so. I think you're mm-hmm. absolutely right. We're always like that. I think Mother Teresa was probably, the, I think, the best example of, of that when she said, you know, they kept asking her if she'd come to a anti-war rally, and she said, never. She said, I'll come to a peace rally anytime you have one, but I'll never come to an That's anti-war awesome. rally. That's a great example. But it's really hard because I think... I think we don't realize how we word our oh, absolutely. statements, and I don't think how I don't think we register how we word our thoughts consciously. I mean, unless you really, as you say, practice and and become very very aware. And I think some personalities are easier to become aware of that than others. Um, but what did you, you used to tell people that all the time? And it's like, well, you know, I can't do that. Well, I can't. I can do that. Well, you're right either way. Exactly. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, anybody that it knows it knows me or goes to the website, I mean, it's clear that I hate the words can't, never, and should. They're worthless. Yes. They are worthless words that limit us in everything that we do mm-hmm. because they're not real. They're illusions. They're exactly you, you there is no can't, there is no never, and there is no should. And it's all a matter of perception. And with the law of attraction, I think it's really important. To not stop with the words. You literally mm-hmm. want to change your vibration. And so if you think about how you feel when you're having an amazing day, there's a vibration that goes with that. And if you think about how you feel when you're having a horrible day, there's a vibration that goes with that. So the words help you move in the direction of that vibration, but the actual powerful component that does the heavy lifting when it comes to attraction is your emotional vibration, the point of attraction. And the point of attraction is your day-to-day experience. And so you want to attract experiences that bring you joy and positive feelings right now. Because this isn't a situation where you are paying dues or putting in time so that you can feel better later. The idea behind the law of attraction is that we joy our way to joy. We literally focus on feeling good right now, knowing that the better I feel right now, the more positive experiences I'll attract. And the more positive experiences I attract, the better I'll feel. So it's a very self-fulfilling process. I think we've mentioned that kind of in that a different context in, that in every show we've done about, about the meaning of life, or the purpose, life purpose and different things is that you can learn from your past and you can have dreams and plans for your future, but you have to live now. That the mm-hmm. meaning of life is in the moment. The meaning of life is right now. What's in front of you? Who's in front of you? What are you doing right now? And being present right now. Mm-hmm. And so with that, how would people take steps or actionable steps that they're interested in practicing the law of attraction? I'm a big fan of reading, or if you don't like to read, get audio, MP3 um, versions of whatever resources you're interested in. And the uh, process that's most useful to me is to have some sort of daily reminder. And there are websites where you can subscribe for a daily affirmation that will give you a daily focus from the law of attraction and... uh, making friends with other people that practice the law of attraction is helpful. And I think that the more you involve yourself with different strategies and recognize 
processes like the three-step process I talked about or pivoting or recognizing when your vibration is low and realizing I can have a much better day if I take a few minutes and change my vibration right now. Listen to music, take a walk, meditate, just literally move away from the negative energy into a positive energy. Simple strategies like that that you learn by reading and talking to people, take classes, take my class, for example. Um, it, It gives you a great reminder on a regular basis because this is a practice and it's a lot like learning a language if you don't speak the language it's easy to slowly lose the language and the concepts are always there you you get it you can you'll know what people are talking about and you'll have moments where you're like yeah I understand that but if you're not practicing every day it's not fluent it's not a part of how you live it's more of a struggle and I think it's really hard to practice if you're not surrounding yourself with people who do it, whether it be they're practicing or whether they just naturally or, you know, they've gotten to a point where it's just second nature. But I think it's really hard if you're not surrounding yourself with like-minded people in this fashion. I can see how you would think that. And I would put out there that that would be true if you believe that. But I don't want to limit people who don't have people in their lives who are open to these kind of ideas Mm. because they will benefit greatly by staying in their own lane, focusing on their own positive vibration. And I think what will happen, and maybe this is what you're getting at, is they will naturally attract more people that don't exist in their life right now who do speak this language. And I think to sustain it it's going to be easier, like you said, with more like-minded people. But the law of attraction will bring that to you because like attracts like. Now, do you find, and I just was thinking about this, uh, with people that practice this and devote themselves to it, does conflict resolution come much, much easier? I think there's a different perspective on Conflict. Okay. One of the principles or, or ideas in the law of attraction is that we benefit from contrast. And so rather than conflict, the idea is that there's contrast. There's that which feels bad and there's that which feels good. And so a conflict usually has an ingredient that feels bad and an ingredient that feels good. For example, Your way feels bad. My way feels good. (laughs) I want my way, right? That's that's basically at the heart of a conflict. So Mm -hmm. if I allow you to think about and desire and want that which you want, and I focus on how, given that you feel the way you do, can I get what I want without requiring you to also want what I want. Mm -hmm. That strategy, that mindset, naturally positions people to have less contrasts. So just the language of conflict is kind of different in the world Mm -hmm. of law of attraction. We have situations that we need to resolve. We have things that don't feel good. We have events that happen that we don't want to be happening and if we don't have control over it we develop the skills to recognize how to allow how not to resist all of the stuff that we can't control 
There's a lot in the law of attraction that revolves around allowing and um, recognizing our resistance to things we can't control because that will always bring pain. Well, there's, we're so taught in the West that if it's between me being right and, you know, for me to be right, you have to be wrong, mm-hmm. you know, or it's half full or it's half empty. We miss the whole concept that it's always refillable, mm-hmm. right? So it's not half full or it's not half empty. But if you want to call it mm-hmm. that, you're right. It's half full, it's half empty. Well, it's also right. refillable. So <laughs> however you want to look at it. But, you know, definitely getting stuck in that. I have, for me to be right, you have to be wrong. And um, I think we're, we're taught that. You know, I mean, you're, we're given, I, I've got a whole soapbox of getting our papers back as kids and, you know, ed, a whole education system was wrong with what we're doing and how we're mediocre or we're bad at e- whatever we're bad at and it's all that red ink at, that, you know, and that's just not true. It's, right. it's not true. I don't have to be right for you and you don't have to be wrong. We can find some other way. I, I don't have to make you wrong for me to be right. And I, I have this uh, vision, I haven't manifested it yet, of putting this footstool in between two chairs in my office that face each other, which is how I position people for couples counseling, and drawing a six on the uh, footstool that faces one person, and it's a nine for the other person, mm-hmm. and illustrating that point exactly. You're going to say all day long that number's a six. And you're going to say all day long that number's a nine, depending on where you're sitting. And neither of you is wrong. Right. That's fabulous. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. that's fabulous. That's idea. Yeah. yeah. I need to make that footstool happen. Yeah. Well, that's a great idea. And speaking of affirmations, uh, are you a big fan of them? I love affirmations. I think um, I, I've got in my personal life a practice of reading. I have a selection of affirmation books that are by date, and I like to just read from those daily and I think that it is a great way to set your intentions for the day to focus on something productive that literally gives your mind it's it's like um you know nourishment for your mind Mm. so it's not possible to stop your mind from thinking certain things but is absolutely possible to insert or overwrite or redirect your mind and I think affirmations are a great way to make that happen and it, so an affirmation would take away like the negative self-talk that we give ourselves all the time Is it that overrides it it redirects it it introduces a new thought the idea that we can take away thoughts is tricky because our brain is literally designed to keep us alive and so if there are things in our environment that are threatening or scary or violating we are built to be alert to those events and experiences because they are our mind's awareness of them is what allows us to survive and so we don't want to rid our minds of that contrast of our awareness of things that feel bad we simply want to use that as a mechanism to redirect our thinking so what happens with somebody that is stuck in a negative perspective is that a lot of times they're chronically activated they've lived lives where danger has loomed 
you know, in their reality. And when we're young, we don't have the power we do as an adult to protect ourselves. And so I like to believe that everybody has a story. I don't even necessarily buy into this notion that there are negative people and positive people. I think there are people that have stories that make their behaviors make a whole lot of sense. And until they are introduced to some new ways of experiencing people, places, and things, why would they change the way that they have protected them, themselves all their life? People respond in ways that they know how to be safe. And so it can be a very threatening thing to try and take a certain behavior away from a person if they believe on the deepest level that's what's allowed them to survive. So you want to, re you want to introduce additional thoughts. You want to add to the thoughts. Okay. And then over time... My hope is that the new thoughts feel better than the old thoughts and produce better outcomes. And is that some of the things that help take bad habits away? It, it, you know, when you're thinking about the law of attraction and you're doing these affirmations, and, and, and I'm, I'm going to use smoking, you know, as an example. That's probably not a very good one because that's a really hard one. You should um, probably give a better example. Yeah, you probably have way better examples. <laughs> but, you know, it, it. so you're giving these affirmations, you're reading the books, does that help you change some of the chronic bad habits that you might have? The goal is always to focus on what you want. Okay. And so we wouldn't focus on not smoking. We would focus on good health. We would focus on easy breathing. We would focus on respiratory wellness. We would focus on riding your bike without huffing and puffing, you know. Um, and so you absolutely can use the strategies of the law of attraction to move in the direction of greater health what you what happens when and i have had people work on issues like smoking what happens is you orient yourself to this goal of a healthy living easy breathing all of those details because a lot of times we focus on, like, I don't want to smoke is, is one way of looking at a goal. But what does that mean? And how are you attached to not smoking? Why do you not want to smoke? So unless you're connected emotionally in some way to this goal, it's hard to, to affect your, your um, emotional vibration. Not smoking a lot of times is something that you feel like other people want you to not do because they don't like the smell or... Maybe you feel stigmatized for smoking because less and less people are smoking. or um, So you have to really access what is your deepest desire here and connect with that to move you toward it. Um, you know, a lot of people say they want money. Unless you know why you want money, it's hard to emotionally connect because money itself is just a thing. Most people want freedom of choice. Most people want... Um, a peaceful, comfortable, secure feeling. Most, you know, so accessing specifically the thing that you desire is the goal. So when you talk about breaking habits, it's I'm less inclined, I'm not inclined to focus on the thing you don't want ever. Okay. You always want to find what's on the other side of that. And so say you want to run a marathon and you're um, a smoker you are probably naturally going to find that the less you smoke, the more comfortable it is to run. The further you can run, the, the more, you know, the better you can breathe when you run. 
And so you're looking for where you want to be instead of where you don't want to be. Well, I never really thought of it in those terms because one of the things I always hear people say is, you know, I just want more money. Mm -hmm. well, what does that mean? Well, right. here's a dollar. How do you define that? And, right. But I've never thought about it from the emotional piece. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, yeah, you can. What's it going to do for you? Yeah, what's mm -hmm. it going to do for you? Because that's one of the things that I hear people say. I, I want more money. Yeah. What, what does that mean? And there's an idea in the law of attraction that we, the more specific and clear we can get about the thing we want, the more the universe can support us in manifesting that desire. So if what you want is peace of mind and security. Um, and, and freedom of choice or travel, you may have lots of different ways to achieve those goals that don't require a whole lot more money. You may partner with somebody who owns an airplane or, okay, you're probably going to have access to more money if that's the case, but <laughs> you, that is a pilot and you have free travel benefits or you may, um, you know, uh, begin yoga and meditation and experience a much more peaceful life. Mm. And so we limit ourselves by trying to micromanage the universe in reaching our goal. So the idea is you get really clear about what you want to experience, you set your intentions on that, and then you kind of sit back and you open yourself to the universe and the universe's ability to provide that. And, and I've never really, like I say, thought about it in that that concept because, it, again, I've always thought of it as a, I, I guess the best word I could describe it is a focus. You know, if you're if you're focused on that, then everything else will move out of its way. But I've never thought about it in the emotional way. You know, it's like, well, why am I focused on it? What's it supposed to get me in the mm -hmm. end? So that's that's interesting. I've never and, I, really and I think it's important to distinguish between what we believe and what we know. And what we believe comes from a thought process. And so we are taught in our culture that money is success. And so that's a belief. And a belief is nothing more than something we've thought. So many times we decided it's true. And if we are pursuing something because we believe we should, but on the deepest level, it's not congruent with who we are. We're not willing to just take the job that makes more money because we know it's not in alignment with who we are or how we want to spend our time, then you start having all these mixed messages. You know, I want more money, but I want this experience with this job that doesn't pay a lot. And so that lack of clarity causes a lot of confusion. It's sort of like, um, you know, if you were to bring to life a conversation with the universe, I really want a lot of money and I want to do this job that makes no money. And I, you know, so it's like the universe is like, okay, when you make up your mind, let me know. Yeah, <laughs> We're exactly. just going to kind of, because they start to rule each other out. And a lot of people are like, I know what I want, but a lot of times we have competing priorities. I want to travel, but I don't want to be away from home base or, you know, so we have to look at truly what is our deepest intention. And the more clear we can get, the, the easier things come to us because the more aligned with our vibration, the more like attracts like. So when we get our own vibration in order, we can receive more quickly what we desire. Well, I think that's fantastic, and I and again, I'm I'm happy I talked to you because I had this concept in my mind that this is what it was, and 
you've broadened that quite a bit, I've met. <laughs> so we're about out of time for this show, and we have some great news. Starting January 1st, 2022, you can find our show at livingonpurposepodcast.com or any of the podcast platform like Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher. Just search Living on Purpose Podcast and subscribe to the podcast or look us up on Facebook and give us a like and let us know what you want to add to this new show. That's right. So live every day of your life. On purpose. On purpose. On purpose. So join us next week for some new ideas on how to live on purpose. Also, take a look at our website, klstuartgroup.com, and get to know us a little bit better. Check out our Facebook and give us a like. And don't forget to post what you would like to hear about. So until next week, live every day of your life. On purpose. On purpose.